Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Uh, welcome to the Swamp Life. It's the one and only, the Fresno Stallion, Don Gaiman, Gator. It's yours truly. Um, we we threw a new one in there. We're still looking for the next four though. Like I told you, I'm trying to have like seven names. But anyways, uh. Like I said, man, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you guys had a nice week. Um, mine was all right. Did I get my... If you have me on Snap, you seen my new shit. I believe that was this week. And yeah, I got a new coat, some new ties, some boots. Shit looks pretty sharp. So yeah, nice day at work. Nice few days at work. But you know... Uh, I just wanted to uh, make sure everyone texted their local politician to resist net neutrality, man. This is a serious thing. Um, I think it would drastically, drastically affect impoverished people, people of color, more specifically. Um, startup companies, like how, man, if you're like, if, it, if it's a big company, they're just going to, I don't even know how to, let me just take a deep breath real quick. There's a lot to say on this. I don't want to just overwhelm myself. They're going to make people pay monthly for using services that people use for hours every single day. Like Twitter would be like $19.99 a month. YouTube was like $9.99 a month. Snapchat was $9.99 a month. Netflix was $9.99 per month. Would be, sorry. All of this is would be if net neutrality was actually repealed google was night 199 per search do you know how many searches i use on google per day sometimes in class like i wouldn't even man i wouldn't even be able to survive my guy in all seriousness this is only a positive thing for big companies i don't understand why it was even introduced as an idea for like a repeal i'm if someone is like on the side of net neutrality being repealed like let me know you know somebody i seen somebody say that niggas got tired <laughs> the fcc got tired of saying that uh twitter shouldn't be free niggas saying twitter shouldn't be free for so long that the fcc decided to repeal it you know what i mean but in all seriousness, like, I don't even, I, I didn't even find valid reasons of why they wanted to repeal it. I'm not even, I'm actually confused on it. So if someone can further inform me, like, let me know on the topic, that would be helpful for me as well. I just has texted to resist because I would have to pay to put out my podcast and I'm not even trying to do that. I'd have to pay to tell people to listen to my podcast and that's i'm broke as hell you know what i mean that's not what we on right now we just started the grind or restarted the grind so that's not what we trying to do you feel me it would also be very scary for some college students not even some all college students canvas is an internet program like you're online i don't know if you most college students haven't online 
take an online have taken an online class or you know have used canvas before how are they going to charge for canvas like are they is that going to be put into your tuition now so you're going to have to pay an extra like $30 per semester to even access your online shit to use your grades or see your grades or whatever like that in itself is like is a complex situation that I would like explain to me personally knowing college though it would definitely be more than $30 a month because you would be forced to pay that to access your grades or your class or the assignment or your syllabus or whatever was required of you on Canvas. So it would more likely be about like a hundred or so dollars a month, I think anyway, because you would have to pay it. So they would be able to charge whatever they felt like it, you know? Thankfully, there's a few states suing. California is one of the states and I live in California, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but that's enough about that, man. <clears throat> I hope it works out, but you know, what you can control, you can control, and what you can't control, you can't worry about. So, you know, again, I seen people saying this Eminem album was trash. Last week, it was the Big Sean album, you know, another Detroit artist. People were just trashing the album. This week, you know what I mean, it's, it's Eminem. I seen, I seen a lot of sabotaging going on, you know, but... Like I did with Big Sean, you know, same thing I did with Eminem. I went into it with an open ear. And, you know, I don't know what people were expecting, but it's not a trash album. Like, I'm not a super huge Eminem fan. I mean, I liked Eminem, but, like, I was young when Eminem was a rapper in his prime. So, I don't understand the, the full magnitude of the height of Eminem because I wasn't a super huge fan of his even at the time so I wouldn't know in all honesty but so I, I I wasn't expecting anything from the album but I think it's okay I mean he has bars he was trying some new flows some of the the song where he's black boy black boy like that that's trash I there's a couple songs on there that are like why do you this isn't your album cut like you know what i mean these aren't the ones that you throw on the album slime these are what these are what you put out you know what i mean maybe just to feel but these aren't the ones that you put out on the album somebody needs somebody in his camp should have been like yeah we fucks with that like i think it's a powerful message you know we do need white people and white people in hip-hop and just white people in general speaking up for black people and letting other white people know that that's not how they feel about us, you know? But on the other hand, the way he was rapping about it, it it, it seemed like a gimmick. Like, it just... It didn't seem... I don't even know Eminem, but it didn't seem authentic, you know? I, and that's... And it's a, con, it's a conflicting feeling, because, like I said, we need white people to stand up for black people and you know shout this message that he's saying but at the same time the way Eminem shouted the message it it didn't yeah I don't know 
but the album was it was all right i the ed sheeran song i i would probably say that was the best song on the album um i like walk on water um I, I, I like the way he's being vulnerable and then at the end he says something like we're not the same bitch I wrote Stan and I was like damn Stan is a hard ass song so I like that I like that but one thing that I was upset about was you know they I seen a picture of 2 Chains and Eminem in the studio and you know that was before the album came out and they, they were talking about that it was some heat and then I seen Fresher say that the original verse on the song that he's on that 2 Chain, 2 Chainz had a verse on the original song that Fresher is on right now and that verse made him go crazy but when you turn the song on 2 Chainz isn't on the goddamn song and I was like nigga I don't, I don't get it I think 2 Chainz would have been a nice feature on the album but it didn't work out that way. So the album ended up just being mediocre to me personally. But it's Eminem, so the album's gonna sell, you know what I mean? Like it's M. We also got asked some questions, which is pretty cool. Shout out to you guys. Um, Justice asked a question. Shout out to you, Pim. And fuck i don't know the other person's name so i'm sorry but shout out to you as well i love and appreciate y'all it's quicker to answer that person's question um they just asked where i was from and fuck i forgot their other question but they asked where i was from so in that point um you know i was born at chomp but you know i lived in seaside when i was a kid then i moved to marina so then yeah like marina mobs the gang but I, I like to claim both, but you know, Marina Mob is that's where the homies are. That's where the homies is from. Um, there was about seven of us, and we all fit in the Prius, nigga. If you didn't fit in that Prius, you wasn't shit. Um, and yeah, but the other question was Justice asked me, Do I prefer sativas or indicas? And um, for the past about like year year and a half well let me just give you guys some context so my grandpa died about a year and a half ago and you know that kind of not kind of that made me incredibly like sad and shit so for a while i didn't smoke sativas solely because i don't know if i said this already but you know sativas are more of an in a mind high you know indicas are more of a body high so, anytime I smoked a sativa, you know, for me personally, it always just made my mind wander and drift onto some sad shit. Like, before he passed, you know, my mind would just drift off to whatever, you know, something I might have done earlier in the day or just whatever, some random shit, you know. But once my grandpa died, it was just anytime that I smoked a sativa, my mind would wander on to just in a sad place and regardless of what I was doing I could be around friends I could be at work I could be at like class or something having a good time just anywhere having a good time just whatever and I would still be sad as fuck and 
it was incredibly difficult to deal with, you know, like I felt super unproductive. I didn't really want to do shit, you know, and but when I smoked Indica's, it it was still bad, you know, like Indica's didn't help, like nothing really helped me besides time, in all honesty, you know, and realizing that life goes on, you know, like I seeing like I was seeing all my friends and shit, you know, everybody else has problems and suit that they're dealing with. So knowing like the world doesn't just stop because you're crushed that something happened to you, you know. And I was crushed, you know, like I lost like my best friend and I didn't really know how to handle it. And I I just didn't know what to do. But the Indicas helped me take my mind off of it somewhat. I won't say like it helped. Like I'm not gonna say that it helped, but it it somewhat allowed me to not focus on thinking about him not being here as much when I smoked Indicas. So for a while, I only preferred Indicas. Not preferred. I would only do Indicas. Like that's all I would smoke for a while. But you know, now that I'm in a better mental space, and you know, I'm trying to be productive, and you know, do this podcast and just move forward in life in general. It doesn't matter. It depends on the time. It's all circumstantial, you know. At night, I would probably prefer an indica, uh, depending on if, like, if I'm just chilling and doing nothing, you know, I'd prefer an indica. But you know, if I'm in class or if I'm going to work or if I'm engaging with people on a consistent basis, and I would probably prefer a sativa, simply because it sometimes puts me in a better mood, and you know, I think about more positive shit now, and yeah, and but in a if I had to go to work and, you know, deal with people and shit, I would honestly prefer wax. But if wax wasn't available, then I would most likely just choose the sativa for flower. Saying all that was, um, I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel after saying all that. You know, I've never really, I've said all that, I've said some of that stuff, you know, I haven't really went in depth with all that, with anything, with many people about the emotions I dealt with after my grandpa died, you know, it was a very difficult situation for me, you know, he was one of my best friends, if not my best friend at the time, so it was like, I was like an emotional wreck, low-key, but like I said, life moved on, life moves on regardless of what you're going through, and like, that was a difficult thing for me to go through or accept, you know, that, like, life just continues, even though I had friends and shit, and people around me that cared, it just, I don't know, it, nothing was really helpful at the time, I didn't know how to handle it or what to do, I didn't talk to anyone about it, especially since it's sort of trendy, for people to be depressed and or sad and you know just I feel like that term is just overused now you know so I didn't want to be a part of that category you know it's, mental health isn't really talked about in the black community but so I didn't really 
at the same time, I didn't really know if I was depressed or not, but I mean, I might have been, but uh, you know, I'm in a better space now, so I like to, I just like to move forward with it, you know, and make the most out of what we have now. Um, the question was such a simple question, but I, I didn't intend to have such a deep answer, but once I thought about it, I realized what my real preference was, you know? Well, <clears throat> now that that's out there, um, something else that broke my goddamn heart today was the charge, or not today, but you know, this weekend was seeing the Chargers lose to the Chiefs. You know, one of the positives about doing this podcast is everything that I put out is, like, on record. So, last week, I specifically said I hate when Austin Eckler gets in the game because he takes away carries from Melvin Gordon. Right? Y'all can go back and check it. So, Austin Eckler gets in the fucking game. The game is still tied... Oh, no, no, no. We were down by three, I believe. Someone can correct me if I'm mistaken. I wasn't watching the game. I was at work. I apologize. I'm not really sure what the score was. Anyways, I know Austin Eckler gets into the game, runs the ball, gets hit, breaks his fucking hand, and fumbles. My nigga. I specifically said, I hate when this nigga gets in the game because he takes away carries from Melvin Gordon, and Melvin Gordon is supposed to be making those plays. God damn it. I was in the fantasy playoffs this week. I needed all the points from Melvin Gordon I could possibly have, and this nigga wants to lose us the game. Man. But it's very possible that we can still go to the playoffs. All we need, <laughs> we have to win out for sure. Aiden Nate's not getting us there. We need the, we need to win out. We need the Chiefs to lose one, I believe, and then we need the Bills to lose one. And we also need the Titans to lose one game. So if the Titans lose a game and the Bills lose a game, then the Chargers are in the playoffs. And I feel like that's very possible because the Bills play the Patriots this week. And that's an L. And the Titans play the Jaguars next week, the week after this week. But that might not be a guaranteed L simply because the Jaguars might have, might have already secured the third spot. So they might not be able to even get the first round by. So there might not even be a reason for them to play their starters. Hopefully, though. Hopefully, they're still up for second place, so they do feel they need to play their starters. That way, the Titans get that L. Then the Chargers would make the playoffs. Then we could... This whole week, man, it's just been a hard week, sports-wise. The Thunder are also just killing me, man. Like, watching them just fall apart and not build any chemistry on the court is fucking frustrating, dude. Watching Carmelo Anthony play doesn't make sense. I understand he's an older player, but what the fuck does LeBron James... Like, there better not be a 30 for 30 20 years from now that comes out and LeBron James was doing some unknown drugs or something, because... 
man, how is he the only one from his draft class from the top five who's just out here living his best life, man? Like, think about it. He went one. Darko went two. Melo, Chris Bosh, and D-Wade. Or, yeah, D-Wade. Think about that for a minute. Darko, gone. Darko was gone a while ago. Melo, he don't got no kind of legs right now. D-Wade, or I skipped. Chris Bosh, he retired. He got hurt. He has internal body. It's the kidney thing, right? Or was it his... Something. Chris Bosh had something. Blood clots. Chris Bosh had blood clots. That's what was going on with Chris Bosh. D-Wade, no legs. D-Wade was a very physical player, though, so his body was bound to deteriorate. But Carmelo, he was never super physical, never super athletic. He was just a pure scorer. But the wild thing is, he doesn't move without the ball. I don't get it. Like, you know how Phil called him a ball stopper and all he does is hold the ball? Or when he doesn't have the ball, he doesn't do any movement, he doesn't facilitate any offense? Nigga, it's true. Like, watching a Thunder game... If the play isn't strictly for Carmelo, or if we're not coming down there and setting him up in the post, he doesn't do anything. He'll walk to the corner. He'll just stand around at the three-point line. And it's like, you're not Kyle Corver. You're not Steph Curry. Like, what are we What are we doing? Like, who do you think you are? Like, move around. Robertson will set a screen. Melo won't even run hard behind, like, behind the screen attacking the basket. It's like, what is going on? I understand you're a vet, but come on, bro. Like, he is not even fighting hard for rebounds. The only time you hear him fight for a rebound is if it's Russell or Steven Adams also going for a rebound. Then you'll hear the signature yell, fuck out of here, mutt. And it's like, man, come on, bro. Work that hard consistently. I don't understand how he can't give his best effort when this is the best chance he's ever had at a championship. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the best potential team he's ever been on in his life to win an NBA championship. Yet he's given no effort and he talks like he's super opposed to coming off the bench. And that doesn't make any sense to me because I feel as if he came off the bench, we would kill the whole game. There's you, If you watch the game, you see there's no chemistry in the fourth quarter when all three of them are on the court. But in the middle, but in the beginning of the game, there's, the, uh, I said in the fourth quarter already, I meant throughout the whole three, four quarters, you, met, you can see that there's no chemistry between them throughout the game. But if you were to have them staggering minutes throughout the whole game, you know, and just have Melo coming off the bench, leading the second team, then maybe we could have something to work with, you know what I mean? The same way the Cavaliers are doing with D-Wade in Cleveland, but when you hear Melo talk about it, he like, the very first time he even was asked about it, he laughed about it. When they asked if some lineup changes need to be made, he scoffed and made it seem like that's that's just completely outrageous and it doesn't need to happen. And I don't understand what he sees in himself to where he's just so great that he can't come off the bench. We would be lethal if we started Alex Abrinas or Jeremy Jeremy Grant at the four 
Alex Sabrinas at the two or Jeremy Grant at the four and had Melo come be the first substitution right off the bench, that would kill. Who do people have on the bench that's going to guard Carmelo Anthony, bro? That doesn't even... Man, but he's so cocky and so against it. It doesn't... Hopefully, we can figure out a lineup change or, you know, some plays that end up working out for the best. I hope we don't end up having to switch teams. What I meant was hopefully we don't have to blow the team up. Carmelo's a $28 million, has a $28 million cap hit next season. And Paul George is a free agent after this season. So we can't have another Kevin Durant situation where we just let Paul George walk away for nothing. You know what I mean? So if he's not going to stay, then we have to trade him before the trade deadline. But the thing is, personally, I would rather them trade Carmelo if we had to trade anyone. But who the hell is going to trade for Carmelo with that $28 million cap hit? If he's not giving his best effort for the Thunder when this is his the best chance he has at the championship, for like, realistically, the best chance he's had at a championship, realistically, then who is he going to give his best effort for? Like, this was when we were supposed to see Olympic Melo, and, you know, this was when Melo was supposed to display... And that he's not all the shit Phil said about him, you know? But we're... In my book, he's sort of just making Phil look super accurate. And Phil doesn't look like such a liar now, you know? You know, sticking with the NBA... They're not trying to televise the selection process for the All-Star teams. And I think that's crazy, man. Like, the format changed this year to where, you know, the fans still vote for the starters, but there's two captains and they get to select their teams. And how great would it be to watch on TV Russell Westbrook not pick Kevin Durant and be extremely petty on television and watch LeBron James not pick Kyrie Irving and be extremely petty on television. Like... It would be so great if Russell Westbrook was captain and LeBron James was captain and they both just agreed to not pick Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for the last two picks. That would just be great goddamn television. But the NBA is depriving us from this for some reason. They want to just have a representative announce who was picked and I think that's trash, man. That would that would be so trash. They should definitely do what I just suggested. You know, speaking of trash... I don't know if um, Everyday Struggle is going to be a good show anymore, man. I don't know if you guys watch Everyday Struggle. I think that's a pretty good show. Probably one of the best hip-hop shows out right now. Well, was one of the best hip-hop shows out. Uh, Seeing as though Joe Budden is not going to be on the show anymore, I think it's going to go downhill and just crash because Joe gave a very authentic and inside perspective industry wise that academics needed to hear and you could see the the growth in academics from watching the show like before watching the show you could, he's still like a nerd and just like a weird guy but you could see that he adapted some more you know just people people skills some communication skills like i don't know if that even I feel like if you watch some of his earlier shit and watch him on TV now, you can definitely see what I'm talking about. It's hard to explain. You can definitely just see the growth as a person. But when watching the show, you can tell that Joe's contract was ending soon and that the negotiations were getting a little hectic. Well, I could catch it because there was always some subtle jab 
that he would throw when academics or Nadeska would bring up next year or something, or them doing something next year, or even just in general, Joe to bring up something contractually that he's not, he doesn't know if he'll be here, or just, he would always just say something slick to like the big complex guy, or just someone, you know, but when he came out, then he had the baby, so this week they had somewhat of an excuse, you know, they said Joe's on baby duty this week, but my mans came out and said, don't use my three-day-old as an excuse for internal chaos on Twitter today, or yesterday, and then Complex today came out and said that they couldn't agree on contract negotiations, so he's not going to be a part of the show, but I think when they see the public outcry for him not being on the show and the ratings drop from him not being on the show, I think they'll be interested in raising their price. Joe gave a whole spiel about, you know, creators creating, though. Creators having to create through business deals or when business transactions falling apart and the business keeping you from doing certain things, you still have to create to keep your name relevant, you know? So I think even if he isn't on Complex again, we'll see Joe Bun soon on another platform doing something and I'll probably be watching that instead of everyday struggle Um, and I think that's all I have for this week man Um, like I said uh, thanks for listening thanks to whoever asked me questions I didn't even check I should have I'm so sorry that's disrespectful shout out to you justice as well Um, thank you to everyone who retweets and likes and applauds and all that good stuff you know feel free to ask me more questions or whatever i'm here for it feel free to give me some feedback i'm here for it as well um hopefully you guys have a good week and um, thanks for listening i'll be here next tuesday um this was the swamp life man have a good one